and welcome back to the Indie, the podcast from the newsroom of the Santa Barbara Independent. I'm Molly McEnany, the host of the Indie, and I'm here this week with Dr. Jenna Drenton, acting chair of the marketing department at Loyola University Chicago, to talk about how TikTok is actually helping small businesses from across America as a part of this week's cover story. Thanks, Jenna, for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. So the cover story this week focuses on a small company, Gadget Fix, that's based in Santa Barbara, and his business started gaining traction based on his platform on TikTok. So let's start with a basic overview of how TikTok's algorithm operates. How does collaborative filtering work, and how does this element make TikTok more unique than any other social media platform out there? Yeah, TikTok is admittedly a bit of a black box when it comes to the algorithm because there's so many things that change in the back end. But one thing that's really unique about TikTok is it doesn't take the user to really take action. So if we look at platforms like Instagram or Twitter, a lot of what you see in the content that you're fed, you have to go follow people and you have to go look for that content. TikTok immediately entertains you from the moment you open the app. It feeds you content and learns what you like based on how much time you spend on certain uh, videos. And then it compares it to other people that have spent time on those videos and kind of gets a sense of if someone else liked this, you might too. So it offers up content based on what's called your dwell time and how long you spend on content. And then uh, through a process called collaborative filtering, where it can kind of make recommendations to you based on other people's interests as well. And given this type of format, how have small businesses been able to capitalize on this platform to grow their businesses? What drives people to view their content? Small businesses have a lot of opportunity to use TikTok because of the discoverability. There's a lot more opportunity to potentially go viral because someone doesn't have to be a fan of your business. They don't have to be following your business. That small business content could just pop up in a user's feed and suddenly gain traction, which we're seeing a lot of. Another piece of the sort of TikTok um, beauty and magic that's happening for small businesses is it's really built off of sound-driven memes. And so small businesses sort of learn uh, what sounds to use on the platform, whether it's small business check is one of them or uh, different uh, behind the scenes of manufacturing or the process of making different products, the content that's really appealing on this platform and that it's really catapulted by the sounds and what becomes sort of sound-driven memes in the space of small businesses so they can carve out this niche. So that's inherently what's different about TikTok is that there's this, as it's called, for you page, a seemingly endless scroll of new content. Now, from a marketing standpoint, how does this affect the way people and especially young people act as consumers in today's market? Yeah, uh, young people, I like to say that on social media, you know, it's uh, kind of going to the wayside when all the older people show up because they sort of crash the party. TikTok has been able to uh, circumvent that. They've been able to really hang on to their young consumer market who makes it what it is and then also introduce uh, new generations to the platform to find content that's interesting to them. 
But at its core, TikTok is a Gen Z platform. It is a platform that young consumers are creating content, are curating content, are spreading content. There's a ton of inside jokes. And so it's really reflective of their life and experiences as young people. It's their space to experiment with their identities and be who they are. So with that, a lot of brands have been able to use the space to appeal to this younger target market. Uh, and it's seen as much more native. So some people might not know that TikTok started as an app called Musical.ly. And Musical.ly was a lip syncing app really targeted to young people. It was kind of this fun, playful app. So it makes sense that young people have now had such a foothold in TikTok and have curated it to be sort of their space where they get to be the gatekeepers of what content goes viral, what is interesting to them, uh, because it really started as an app for and by them. So does geolocation play a big factor in what people see on their For You page, or is it just a big machination of things that are coming up on everyone's page? Is there a more tailored version of that relative to where you live? Absolutely. So uh, geography and geolocation is a big part of it. So on your smartphone where you have the TikTok platform downloaded, uh, it is uh, tethered to your GPS location on your phone. And so the content that you might get in Santa Barbara might be different than the content that I get in Chicago based on our geographic location. Uh, so that's really appealing for small businesses because they can not only appeal to the geographic area and region that they're interested in, but also have a much bigger reach where potentially their content goes viral off of the For You page, which could then be a catalyst for online sales and e-commerce opportunities, uh, not only just walk in sort of customers around their area. So you get sort of the best of both worlds. So how do you feel like not only TikTok, but social media in general has changed how people buy things and buy products. Absolutely. TikTok just uh, recently in the last week or two came out with a partnership with Shopify, for example. So now there are shoppable uh, TikToks coming out. TikTok has spent a ton of investment and money in creating in-house agency for creative content, uh, business partnerships, a creator platform for content creators. So they're really building this out as a monetizable space uh, for a variety of different actors from content creators and influencers to small businesses to big corporations like Chipotle and Walmart who have uh, really successfully advertised on the platform. So TikTok has done a good job of kind of not leaving anybody out of that space. Uh, at the same time, there's probably some unintended consequences because a lot of people have businesses and they are not savvy in this social media space. And now there's so much pressure, especially on a small business owner who is strapped for resources to be involved in this space. So it creates opportunities where they can have a much bigger impact and reach. But there's also this pressure on small business owners, entrepreneurs to uh, harness the power of TikTok. And if they don't, that it's sometimes you know, seen as a failing or in some way, or that they could be left behind relative to others. So there's certainly some drawbacks of the um, uh, attention and focus that has been on TikTok as a media and advertising platform. Well, as a marketing expert, what are your final thoughts about TikTok? 
I just encourage people to get on TikTok if you're not, because it really is a space that is unlike any other. And especially if you're a small business owner, the first step to uh, finding a foothold in there is to be a consumer and a user of TikTok first. It's really important to kind of become native in the language of TikTok, knowing what the sounds are, uh, what the different filters are, what the hashtags to use, um, sort of what the stylistic aesthetic appeal is. So step one is being a user before you can uh, use it as a marketing tool. Well, thank you, Dr. Jenna Drenton, for sitting down with me and discussing how TikTok is reshaping the consumer market for small businesses right now. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. In other news for this week, Santa Barbara County Farm Day is this coming Saturday, September 18th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. There are more than 10 SB County farms participating in the event who are opening their doors to the public for free tours and agricultural activities. I'm here with Mary Marinville, founder and CEO of the nonprofit organization Students for Eco Education and Agriculture, which puts on Farm Day each year. Thanks for being here, Mary. Thank you for inviting me. This is wonderful. We really appreciate the support. Yeah. So, Mary, in your words, what is Farm Day and who are some of the farms involved in this year's event? The inspiration behind Farm Day is when I was educating third grade students about where their food comes from and taking them on field trips to a local farm in Santa Paula. I realized the parents also didn't know much about where their food came from. So I approached 10 different growers in Ventura County, and all the growers agreed that we needed to educate the general public, and they all said yes, and they started participating, and that was nine years ago. And then as they saw the benefits of Farm Day, um, we decided we needed to expand and add another event up to Santa Barbara County. So this year, the event has 14 different locations throughout Santa Maria Valley. And just like you said, it's free. It also includes, which I think is really exciting, taste testing. Driscoll's, for instance, you can taste all their different varieties of berries. And um, some of the locations will be giving away free produce. So who doesn't want to taste fresh fruits and vegetables? And who doesn't want to get free produce? (laughs) So how important do you feel Farm Day is for the relationship between the ag community and locals? And what are some of the science and tech things that visitors will be able to see and engage with this year? I think it's very important. I think that we go into the grocery stores sometimes every single day. We see all these fresh fruits and vegetables, but we don't know the growers and the farm workers who are making sure that we do have that produce in the grocery stores every single day. And I think, and to some extent, we take it for granted. I think once we start thinking about it or we start meeting these farmers, we, we stop taking it for granted. We appreciate it a lot more. It's not as easy as, you know, everybody says, well, I have a garden. Well, imagine growing food for over 7 billion people on the planet. So it takes a lot of effort, a lot of skill set. This year, some of the growers that the public can go out and meet include rider-affiliated companies, Driscoll, Innovative Produce, Bonnie Packs, 
Rancho Laguna Farms, and then we have Babe Farms, and also we have two wineries, and then we have some agricultural organizations that are not growers like Primus Labs. And Primus makes sure that our food is safe. They do a lot of food safety testing. So this tour, Farm Day, is a real reality-based experience of a lot of different kinds of growers. Um, And we also have a livestock rancher, Paul Rigetti Ranch. They grow or raise Black Angus livestock. So you're going to get a little bit of everything, including you'll be able to tour packing houses and coolers as well, which are also an important part of the food supply chain as well. So how does Farm Day work on the ground? For people listening, do visitors drive farm to farm? Do most people spend hours on each farm? Do they pick a few or only go to one? How does it usually work? Molly, these are all really, really great questions. So Farm Day is a self-driving, you know, you have to drive to the locations. And like I said before, it's free. There's over 14 different locations, but you, the listeners, need to go to SantaBarbaraCountyFarmDay.com and click the Farm Trail button. And then you go and you'll see the list of all the different locations with their address and you press those and you can add it to your itinerary and it'll give you directions to all the different farms but we've tried to make it as simple as possible and again it's it's free so you don't have to register you just one one on saturday september 18th you can wake up in the morning and you can decide to go to three locations or one location and most people spend about one hour at the different locations. The farm day lasts for about five. So of course you can't visit all 14 different locations. You can only go to two or three or four. And a lot of people stop for lunch, but you don't have to register. You can build your own itinerary. And then once you get to the location, most locations are giving tours. Some are walking Some are on trailers. You get taken around the ranch on the back of a trailer, so there's no walking. And then they'll have other agricultural activities. Like I said, you know, photo ops, uh, taste testing. Babe is going to have a farmer's market, and they're going to be giving away a lot of their produce. And so there's something for everyone. And it's also, it's fun for kids. It's fun for parents and grandparents. It's, it's really a fun event for the whole family. Yeah. And Farm Day is just another great example of how Santa Barbara is such a communal place where the relationship between the growers and the ag community and residents can grow. But the theme for this year is meet the hands that feed you. Can you talk a bit about that? The call to action this year is meet the hands that feed you. Uh, Like I said previously, we eat every single day and we have so many wonderful, amazing growers, farmers, ranchers in our own backyard. And this is a really wonderful opportunity to go out and meet them, ask the questions you want to ask, and really learn where your food is coming from. So thank you again, Molly, for supporting Farm Day. Um, We greatly appreciate it. 
And all the proceeds raised from the sponsorships go to our SEAG's uh, Youth Agricultural Education. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Mary, for speaking with me again. Head to www.SantaBarbaraCountyFarmDay.com for more information about the event coming this Saturday. Thank you very much for having me. Once again, I'm Molly McEnany, host of The Indie. Tune in next week for another episode. Thank you.